Hello and welcome to the January 22nd edition of the Around 270 Hoops podcast. Zach Fleer and Jason Moore of 270 Hoops uh, bring you this week's episode. Quite the busy weekend this past weekend, would you say? Yeah, it would be. It was a great weekend of flying the hoop down in uh, Kettering. Uh, a lot of great Columbus action. Probably some uh, more than most Columbus action I think flying the hoop has ever seen in one weekend. Yeah, lots of Central Ohio guys. Uh, it's been a Pretty great month, you know, we go from Flying to the Hoop to the play-by-play classic this week in High Dominican that we'll cover later. Uh, but going back to Flying to the Hoop, quite a few storylines. I think the most, you know, uh, notable storyline from the weekend was just the major performance that Seth Towns, uh, the Northland superstar, you know, had against Greenville. What did you think about Seth's game on Saturday? You know, I don't know if there's ever such thing as, a, as an easy 40, but it sure felt like his 40 that he had on Saturday against Greenville was very easy, 17 to 25 from the field, and he did a little bit of everything against a, a Greenville team that has two really good players. Yeah, I mean, five of eight from three. He only played 28 minutes, ended with 40 points. Uh, also added 12 rebounds, which was a game high. I think that's an element of his game that's really improved that is not getting a lot of notice right now. Is he's attacking the boards a lot stronger than he used to. Um, just a kid becoming a complete player in Northland. You know, showed out there. You know, picking up that uh, twenty-point win over a pretty good Greenville team. Um, you know, out of out of uh, Eastern Ohio. So, Seth Towns, he was the top performer in the event, according to many sources across the nation. Uh, took in the action. Um, some other teams. You know, I was only there on Saturday, but you took in the whole weekend of hoops. Uh, who are some other Central Ohio teams and players that really caught your eye? You know, Pickerington Central was one of those teams that really surprised me this weekend. Um, they played arguably the nation's most talented team. I wouldn't say. That advanced prep right now is probably the best team in the country, but one of the most talented teams with a five-star and just a few four-stars and three-stars like you know any other high school normal team would have. Um, but one player that really stood out to me was Pickerington Central Sterling Manley. Um, you know, a lot of eyes were in the gym that week, that weekend. A lot of mid, mid and high major coaches were in the gym. And, you know, he really showed out and gave, uh, gave advanced prep pretty much all they could ask for that night. Yeah, Sterling's a guy that, you know, coaches have been, you know, talking to me about. You know, I've heard from uh, coaches, you know, through the Big Ten, a couple of Big Ten schools, uh, Big East school is uh, one of the top teams in the nation right now, just recently texting me about him. So his stock is really coming on the rise. Just a big, you know, six foot nine, six ten big man. It's added a lot of bulk to his frame, you know, since injuring his knee earlier in the year. Uh, you know, talking to Coach Eric Kruger of Pickerton Central, he said, you know, that's kind of what Sterling, you know, he just got in the weight room when he was hurt. He couldn't really do anything else. So, uh, you know, he really improved in that regard, you know, changing his body a little bit. Um, Dublin Jerome picked up a good win against Middletown. Uh, you know, who showed out for the Celts in that one? You know, Colton Iron um, and Mason Bates both really played well. Um, I was really impressed with the way Mason um, handled some of the size that they had. Uh, he ended up with 15 points and five rebounds in 30 minutes of action. So, you know, he was hurt there for a little bit throughout the year, and, you know, he's really bounced back for a Dublin Jerome team that they bounced back from a, a tough loss on Friday night to Hilliard Bradley. Right, and the team that's playing without Seve Stavroff right now, you know, their senior leader at point guard, uh, you know, they're, I, I think uh, they're a team that they're very resilient and they're playing pretty good basketball right now. They got a tough one on Saturday, the play-by-play classic against Northland, who ended their season last year in the regional semifinals uh, on a very slippery floor at the barn. Um, so, Dublin Drome, you know, one of the tougher teams in the area. Another team that, you know, played pretty well, didn't win, though, was Hilliard Bradley. Uh, who were some guys for Bradley that you were really impressed with? You know, Braden Norris is a volume shooter, but he started to fill it up for that Bradley team late in that game. 
and he really brought them, helped bring them back along with the other sophomore, um, Isaiah Spielman, that we mentioned before. Uh, 22-foot academy just had too much size in the end for a, a Bradley team that's not known for their size. Um, you know, guys like Sadie Kata and those kind of, those, those you know, mid, mid to high major players really gave them problems, but uh, they were able to shoot, and that's what that Bradley team does well. Um, when they play well, it's because they're shooting the ball at a very high rate. And then on Sunday night, uh, you know, while most of those teams played on Monday, Sunday night, Gehanna had the headline game against Dayton Dunbar. Uh, you know, the Lions going down into the heart of Dayton and, you know, knocking off a Dunbar team that, you know, is pretty good this year. Uh, who who really stood out for, for Gehanna? You know, Jordan Mitchell in the first half, I think, opened a lot of eyes. Um, you know, being a freshman, this was his first time really in the spotlight um, at a big event such as Line of the Hoop. And he really impressed in that first half. I think he had maybe a dozen points in the first half and, you know, helped, helped Nick out, uh, um, you know, who had t- uh, Terrence Landers on him, the... Uh, the big football com- Purdue, Purdue football commit, um, and you know uh, Jordan played pretty well, and it was the guards in the first half that helped build that lead, and then you know they struggled a little bit late with some free throw shooting and stuff, but they were able to hold on against a, a tough Dunbar team, basically who was playing at home. Right, you know it's, they always have the home court advantage there. Dayton, you know Dunbar is one of the better you know traveling fan bases of any team in the state. Uh, <clears throat> back to Saturday, you know other than Northland. You know, Walnut Ridge took on an undefeated Wilmington team, and in the first half, you know, Ridge looked unbeatable. You know, leading forty-seven to thirty at half. You know, knocking down ten of thirteen shots from, uh, you know, three-point line. Uh, playing without their best player, Malik Harrison, who's on an official football visit to Ohio State that day, uh, Walnut Ridge kind of slipped in the second half. Really struggled to score, only scoring ten points in total in the second half. Um, you know, despite Blowing the big lead, what were some things that you were really impressed with the Ridge with Walnut Ridge on Saturday? I would say that first half performance from Walnut Ridge. You know, they shot the ball extremely well, sixty four percent in the first half. I mean, seemed like they couldn't miss, and it was all of a sudden, hey, this Walnut Ridge team is you know taking on a Wilmington team that's undefeated. Kind of held Jerron Cumberland. I mean, I guess you could say in check to twenty four points, but I mean, he didn't seem to have the kind of day that everybody was expecting him to have. That. You know, that second half, maybe not the best, definitely shooting 5 of 24 from the floor. But um, that first half, if they can play like even remotely like they did in that first half, they're going to be a tough outcome March, February and March. Right, and you're playing without Malik Harrison, that's a, that makes a big impact. You know, they gave up a lot of second-chance opportunities. Uh, Wanda Ridge is a team that I've been high on, you know, for the last few years. And I feel like this is really their year with a very talented, you know, senior class with seven prospects ranked in the top 100 of our 270 hoops. Uh, 2016 Top 100 that uh, came out last week. Wanda <coughs> Ridge is a program that, uh, you know, they've been one of the best in the City League. They've really controlled the City League South for the last four or five years. So that'll be a team to keep an eye on, uh, you know, coming uh, coming down the stretch here in the second half of the season. Uh, I'm really looking forward to a matchup between them and Northland in the City League title game. It's pretty much wrapped up. Uh, the other City League South teams have dropped some, uh, you know, some important league games. So Wanda Ridge... Should match up with North and that city title game um, later on in February. Um, back to flying to the hoop. Another team that, you know, took a tough one in double overtime uh, was Pickerington North. Really led by Zach Montes that game. I mean, I was really impressed with him. Yeah, you know, when you go on the road kind of in that situation, you need your seniors to step up, and he really did. Um, you know, that Pick North team's been trending downward, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them. You know, it's a soft, ironically enough, it's a, kind of a sophomore slump for them. The way they hit the this, this mid part of the year, they've played some really tough games. 
Um, but I would not be surprised to see them bounce back here late towards the end of the year. Yeah, they got a good coaching staff, really talented unit. You know, they this kind of hit a rough patch in this season. That's a young team growing up, trying to figure things out. Uh, so that's that's a group that I think will get it back together. Uh, when you have talent like that and size like that, you, things seem to work out. You know, in your favor. Um, but that's all the teams that I can think of that Central Ohio that played this weekend. Uh, any other notes from you know any other national guys that you saw that you were impressed with? You know, as always, Josh Jackson, the top player, and some people consider the top player in the 2016 class, hits a ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous game winner um, over Huntington Prep, the second time that they had played this year. Um, Jackson, some consider a Michigan State lean, is an absolute uh, freak athlete, along with uh, Miles Bridges, who is signed to play with Michigan State. Those two went head-to-head. Um, just Huntington Prep is just another very, very loaded team. Um, always, always seem to have one or two big players, and this year is no different. Now we're going to preview the 14th annual Jared Sollinger Ohio Scholastic Play-by-Play Classic, taking place Saturday and Sunday at Ohio Dominican University. Lots of great matchups uh, starting Saturday night, 6:45. The opener. It's a rematch of the regional semifinal last year between Northland and Dublin Jerome. Uh, what are you looking for out of that one? You know, I'm going to be interested to see how Northland plays, and especially how Seth Towns plays against um, a Dublin Jerome team that really doesn't have the size, per se, to match up with him. Yeah, you know, Jerome, a little bit on the smaller size, don't really have a true big man, uh, but they're very deep. Uh, they're a very good team. Uh, you know, knows how to make shots. They're very resilient as well. Uh, I think Jerome's going to be looking for revenge in that one for the way they lost to Northland in the regional semifinals last year. Uh, some may complain that the floor is too slippery, whatever point is they got beat by Northland in that regional semifinal last year. Uh, the City Boys just kind of ran them out the gym a little bit in the in the barn. So that'll be a good one, uh, a rematch. I'm really looking forward to that one. You know, Mason Bates versus Seth Town is going to be a great matchup. Colton Iron has been playing good basketball. And kind of the, the supporting cast for Northland, you know, people don't know who they are. They kind of just doubt them because they don't have names like some of these other teams do. But, you know, guys like Jordan Kinchin and Brandon Law and Jalen Stevens and Quentin Jones – Jawan Witherspoon. These guys can play. These guys, they play their roles well. That's one thing I really like about this Northland team is they know who their studs are. They know who their man is, and the other guys play their roles. You know, and I'd say out of all the Northland teams, this might be the one team that's gelled the best out of all of them. You know, like you said, they kind of know who who to go to in crunch time to get a bucket, but they can also just, you know, Seth does a good job of distributing the ball to those role players like Kinshin and, you know, Witherspoon and those kind of guys. So I'm very intrigued to see how Northland um, not only in this game, but throughout the rest of the year, how they manage um, the touches that Seth gets and the touches that the rest of the team gets. Yeah, I like this team. I mean, they're just, they play hard, they're humble. Um, it's just a, it's a good unit, and you can just tell they have a lot of chemistry. They gel very well. Um, Seth's doing a great job leading that team. You know, I, I, we've been kind of waiting on this season to come when Seth is finally the man. You know, he's kind of had to share the spotlight, you know, with guys like Ty Hairston and. Shamar Wan, Derek McKeithen, and then, you know, Doug Taylor last year only played, you know, half the season, or not even half the season, but uh, before he got the knee injury. But this is finally Seth's team, and they, they reflect Seth in a lot of ways. I feel I feel like they're, 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 they're very re- team. Yeah, very a resilient team. They kind of, you know, band together when the things, you know, when some of those older Northland teams, they kind of just kind of they not fall. Ugly. You know, they, they would lose ugly, but they kind of fall apart. And, you know, this Northland team is very resilient in the way that they play. They're a tough, mentally tough team. So that's going to be a good one. Um, my prediction, I think Northland, I think it's tight for about three and a half quarters. I think Northland pulls away late. Uh, I got the Vikings winning this one 
76 to 71. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm not sure that the score will be that high. I think Jerome will be able to to dictate the pace a little bit. And I'd see this game more in the 60s, but I'd still say it would be a Northland, like a maybe a 65-58 winner. Okay, and the second game, um, I don't know why this isn't the last game, but I can kind of understand uh, with how late the game is starting. 8.30 p.m., you probably won't find more talent and athleticism, length, versatility, whatever you may be looking for in any game in Central Ohio this year. Uh, Westville South against Pickerington Central. The athletes on display on both sides of the ball will be um, probably the best that you'll see all year. I, I think you could see upwards of maybe you know six, five, six, seven Division, when, one, division one guys when it's all said and done. And you know, in Central Ohio, it's not that it's a rarity; it's just something that you don't see. It's not an everyday sort of thing that you get to see two extremely well, um, two extremely talented teams on the floor at the same time. Yeah, definitely. I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, lots of high matchups, too. You know, Number three versus number four in the 270 Hoops 2016 Top 100 that came out last week uh, between Ibby Watson and Andre Wesson. Ibby at number three going to Michigan. Andre Wesson at number four. Uh, kind of blowing it up a lot. Richmond is on him, you know, very, very hard. You know, they come out all the time to watch him. So that's going to be a good one. I think that's a game where Andre can, again, make another statement. I don't know how many more statements he has to make. I don't know how many more times he has to prove himself. I don't know how many more times he has to continue being the player that he's been for the last year and a half. Uh, but that's, this, this could be a platform uh, where Andre can really step up. Yeah, you know, there will be college coaches in the building. And Andre, all Andre's done, like you, like you said, is perform at the highest level. 33 with a high state in the building the other night. You know, um, he did it last year, even in that tournament run, you know, taking down... They, they they beat Jordan Dardis, they beat Seth Towns, they beat uh, Khalil Iverson. What does Andre have to do? I, 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 I think, you know, and I think you and I have been two of the people that have been the highest on Andre. And especially this year, Andre's kicked it into another gear, you know. Being one of the top unsigned guys in Columbus, he's had to, you know, really take that on himself. And a lot some guys will force it or make things, you know, they won't they won't have the kind of year that they're looking for when they when they're trying to get recruited. But Andre's done nothing but be spectacular all year for that Westville South team, and their record shows it. And then another matchup, number one versus number two in the 270 Hoops, 2017 Top 65 that was released last week as well. Um, Caleb Wesson against Sterling Manley. Sterling finally back uh, healthy 100%. We spoke about him earlier in the program. Uh, I'm really excited. I think this is my favorite matchup in the whole event. You know, What are you looking to see out of that one? You know, I'm interested to see if Sterling can build on the performance that he had at Flying to the Hoop. Um, you know, played some really tough, uh, really tough uh, competition last weekend, and he really showed that his offensive game is coming along nicely, uh, using that jump hook and just being able to score with the ball on the block. And it'll be interesting to see against a guy like Caleb Weston, who's going to try and be like real physical with him and push him out off that block if he can, you know, get some buckets in that mid-range game. And I think whoever wins that matchup is going to have a great shot of winning this game. I think it. It's going to come from the inside out here in this yes. matchup. Two teams that like to get to the basket. They're very physical. Um, they play with, I, I think, Pick Central plays with more swag and bravado uh, than Westville South does. It's kind of just the tendency in Pickerington right now. Everyone is too cool out there. Um, <laughs> Westville South, the more tougher unit. Uh, you know, Ed Kalo, those guys, when he says jump, they say how high. You know, they, yeah. they, they just, they, they. It's 94 feet of hell. I mean, they're going to they're gonna get up in you. You know, even with the new hand check rules, they're going to arm ball you. They're going to get you off your rhythm. And, you know, it'll be interesting how Pick Central kind of plays with, plays, you know, if they can control the pace of the game or if Westville Central, or West, excuse me, Westville South really gets to, you know, control the tempo themselves. Another key to the game, I think, will be Jeremiah Francis. 
uh, the freshman in yet another you know big game under the bright lights. How's he going to do against that Westville South pressure that gets in your grill? They pressure the ball better than probably every team other than maybe Whitehall in the area. Um, you know, what are you expecting to see out of Jeremiah? And, you know, coming off a pretty good performance, I'd say, last week against uh, Vance Prep and Final Loop. You know, Jeremiah played under control last week. I think a lot of times, um, you know, when Jeremiah struggles, it's that he's, you know, really pushing the pace a little too fast for that pick central team that likes to get up and down. And he makes some mistakes that, you know, maybe, you know, a sophomore or a junior would, you know, probably would not make. But um, if Jeremiah can really play within himself and play against those very good Westville South guards, um, I could see them having a, a chance to win this one late. And then the last matchup of the night, uh, as, a, as a matchup between teams with differing styles, Walnut Ridge against Dublin Kaufman. Uh, both teams come in. Ridge is with two losses, you know, coming off the loss against Wilmington. Kaufman with only one loss, two upper Arlington, um, a team that uh, some have, I think, I think ranked a little too high some other uh, publications in the area. But that's, one, that's, a, that's a matchup that I really like. I think it's going to be good. Unfortunately for uh, for Dublin Kaufman, Luke Vargo is out for the next three weeks uh, with a thumb injury. He had been playing with ligaments uh, in his thumb, so he will be out um, for the next three weeks. So he will be in that matchup. I think that gives Juan Ridge a huge advantage on the interior. Yeah, you know, with Malik back, like you said, they didn't have him last week at that in that Wilmington game. That'll be a big thing to uh, have that size against a Kaufman team that's going to be lacking a little bit of size now without Luke Vargo. I mean, Kaufman's big, but... I don't think anybody has anything from Malik. No, you know, and he's going to be a tough defend now that he's, you know, now that he's back and he's going to want to prove himself right before his his football decision. February third, National Signing Day, uh, choosing between Ohio State, uh, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and I believe Indiana's coming in the picture as of late, but that's neither here nor there. Um, that's a matchup that I think you know if they, if they focus on Malik, what are they going to do about James Mans? What are they going to do about Tariq Wright? Uh, one of Ridge just has so many athletes. They're big. Uh, they just they play with that you know four eight four on Livingston Avenue toughness. There's just something about that about that program, you know. You know, Walnut Ridge has become one of those teams this year. Even without Malik at you know against Wilmington, they were a deep team and they a lot of guys scored and a lot of guys seemed to play well for them. So it'd be interesting to see the the depth of um, Walnut Ridge against Kaufman this this weekend. And Seth Fuller uh, for Dublin Kaufman, he's gonna have to have a big game. They he's their primary scorer now. I mean. Without without Luke Vargo, they have athletes. But my my concern this year with Kaufman, uh, other than some other years, is they have guys that are playing for them, but they're not true basketball players. You know, you have Noah Gleason, who's a pretty good athlete, pretty good basketball player. But you know, let's face it, he's a lacrosse player. Griffin Grady, great athlete, attacks the boards very well, football player. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see you know who can score for them consistently. And, you know, how they're going to fare against a, a Wanda Ridge team that's going to pressure you. They're going to play defense. They're going to be physical. They're going to be in your face. Uh, that's, that's a good one. And in that one, I have Wanda Ridge taking that one by 13 to 15 points. I think the Scots are going to uh, going to roll in the second half. Yeah, you know, I think Coffin maybe can hang around for two and a half to three quarters maybe. But Wanda Ridge's depth is going to be the difference. And we forgot to do a prediction for Westville South against Pickerington Central. That's going to be a tough one. I got South winning late. Um, I think it's going to be high scoring. Uh, I got South winning 82-77. to 77. Yeah, you know, I think that game's going to be pretty high scoring as well. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Westville South by double digits. I'm going to go 75-65 Westville South. Um, and that is the, that's it for the Saturday matchups. Um, on Sunday, we have quite a few matchups. Uh, I believe we have five of them on Sunday. Kicking off 
with uh, St. Francis de Sales against Dayton Ponets. We don't know a whole lot about the Ponets team. You know, we're kind of focusing on Central Ohio, of course, this season. Uh, but Sales is a team that they seem to play, be playing good basketball at the moment. And they, they, they proved a lot with that home win against St. Charles last week. Yeah, they really did. And the big man, Caden Sanchez, really stepped Kate up. Bio, baby. He, he really stepped up in the second half of that, you know, um, St. Charles game, giving Nick Musinski a lot of trouble in, uh, down low. His offensive game has really come around. I've been, I was really impressed with him last weekend in that win. Yeah, it seemed like his skill set came full circle. You know, watching Caden for the last few years, he's shown flashes, um, you know, in different times that I've seen him, but I hadn't seen him put it all together. And he finally did, and he was one hell of a prospect to watch. You know, that's a kid that he's big, thick, physical, fairly athletic, and just plays real tough. Um, and he's a real smooth finisher on the rim That's in that St. Charles game, too. You know, late they needed a couple buckets, and he was one of the guys that gave them eventually the – the bucket to put them ahead for good. And in a game like that, you know, coming up clutch in a rivalry game against St. Charles, ending a 9 <laughs> streak to the Cardinals, um, that might be a huge motivating factor for Caden going forward and could be huge uh, for his recruitment and just for his overall progress as a prospect. Um, so I, I, I'll take the sales in that matchup. Obviously don't know a whole lot about Pontus, but I like the way the Stallions are playing right now. Yeah, they're really playing good ball. I'd like to I'll take them as well. And the second matchup, this is one of the best games of the entire weekend. Um, Hilliard Bradley against Whitehall, two teams with a lot of guards. Two teams with a lot of guards and two teams that are trending up at the perfect time. Um, with Hilliard Bradley, even granted that loss to 22-foot Academy on Monday, they beat a very good Jerome team the Friday night beforehand. And uh, they've been, you know, when they, like I said early in the podcast, when they shoot the ball well, they're a very, very tough team to defend. Um, and they're number eight in the D1 rankings. Uh, number one, Whitehall in Division Two. Uh, those rankings came out on Wednesday. Check those out as well. Uh, Whitehall's a team, I, I watched them against Westerville North. Uh, they play with a tempo that not many teams play. And the thing is, what separates them between other teams that try to play fast is Whitehall is composed and patient at the same time. A lot of these teams that play fast, most times when you play fast, you're usually just undisciplined. Uh, Whitehall is a disciplined team that... You know, they want they want to play 150 miles an hour all game long. They want to make you uncomfortable. They want to make you you know try and beat them off the dribble. And that's just hard to do with guys like Earl Redmond and Antoine Vaughn. You know, and it goes back to the old John Wooden quote of "Be quick, but don't hurry." And, yep. and they really just seem to play at the right tempo. They can they can control the game and not they don't make the long turnover passes or anything like that. They make the the smart heady passes. They move the ball up offensively and they can score in, in a, a quick very quickly. Yeah, guys like Earl Redmond, who I was, I'm a huge on right now. He's a kid that he plays with a motor that you're not going to see out of many guards. He just makes winning plays. He is the transfer from West High School, played there his freshman year in 2012-13. Uh, Whitehall's a team that guys that were kind of misfits at other schools have come there and have really thrived in Drew Williams' system, the former Brookhaven assistant um, under the late great uh, Coach Howard, Bruce Howard. Um, you know, Drew Williams is a guy that. Doesn't get enough credit for being one of the area's best coaches. He's turned that program into a power very quickly in three years. Yeah, you know, and that's a good, and uh, like you mentioned from last night's gut check win at Westerville North, you know, he's able to rally the troops and get a big overtime win. Yeah, going to a Westerville North environment that's tough to win at, you know, that student section's always rowdy. Um, so Whitehall, I really like them right now. Uh, going back to the point of, you know, misfits, Antoine Vaughn used to play East High School. He's now found a good home at Whitehall. Uh, Ethan Geis, the senior big man, six six and extremely thick, uh, looked like he dropped his kids off, you know, at the, at the playground before he, he took on uh, Westerville North the other night. He's a guy that very thick. Um, he may hurt Hilliard Bradley on the inside, who really lacks a true post presence when Jacob Himes isn't in the game. 
which he doesn't play a whole lot. You know, being that big, conditioning can be an issue. Um, so that's that's a matchup that I'm really excited for. Um, I'm going to take Whitehall on this one. I think they're going to pressure Bradley. Bradley's going to turn over a little bit. If Bradley goes cold, yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, and I think in the reverse, I would like to. I'll take Bradley because I just think that um, with Isaiah Spielman and Braden Norse, when they start to heat up from the outside, they're a tough team, uh, a really tough team to defend. And I think Brandon Glenn's going to be the difference maker for Bradley. You know, he's kind of had, you know, probably not one of the one of his best years, but he passed the thousand point mark uh, a couple days ago Thomas against Thomas Worthington, and I, I, I'm going to take Bradley in a very, very tight one. I think it's going to be. I think this game could go either, either way. Yeah, and I think this game's going to be in that mid range. I'm going to say like 65, 63, Bradley. Okay, okay, I like that one. Uh, the next one is two teams trending in opposite directions right now: Pickerington North against New Albany. New Albany coming off a big win. Uh, winning at Reynoldsburg the other night, while Pickerington North, I mean, they've lost five of their last six games. I do uh, believe so. They're, they're really struggling right now. What do you think about that one? You know, we saw New Albany on Tuesday night take on uh, Reynoldsburg, and I was really impressed with the way um, Bryson London played for New Albany. Um, you know, the, down the stretch late, he had a couple big buckets that really helped him against a Reynoldsburg team who was very scrappy and just kind of hung around in that game. Yeah, New Albany's a team that they're disciplined, they're very well coached, uh, Sam Davis is doing a great job with that group this year, only losing one game. Uh, they're a team that they might be ranked too low in our rankings. We're kind of sleeping on them being in the OCC Capital Division that isn't the strongest in the area right now. Uh, but New Albany, uh, they're senior-laden, they're tough, they're resilient. I think they're going to get a Pickerington North team that's really trying to figure out who they are right now. Yeah, Pickerington North, like I said, is going through that sophomore slump. You know, At the beginning of the year, to beat Delaware, Pick Central, and um, Newark, you know, all three on the road, you know, you kind of get high on yourself, and, you know, they've kind of just fallen off right now. You know, and going through the league that second time, everybody's going to know exactly what you are. And, you know, that's kind of caught up to them now as some teams have gotten to them and once the scouting report gets out on you. Um, but I think Pickerington North will balance back here. Um, Taking them in the matchup? Yeah, I'm going to take them tight in, the, in this game because I just think that uh, they have too much talent for a, a very good New Albany team. They got a lot of size too. New Albany doesn't have a lot of true size, so that's that's something that could play a major role. Guys like Kyrie Shelton, Jerome Hunter, Eli McNamara uh, could get involved on, on the interior. You know, New Albany really lacks a true post presence. They have good wings, good guards, uh, so that'll be a good one to watch. I'm going to take New Albany. I think they're going to knock knock down some shots and play some tough ball late, make some great adjustments. Um, I'm taking New Albany late on a last second shot. I got Toby Mail for the win. All right, and then the the fourth game that day. Cleveland Heights against Gahanna Lincoln. Uh, Cleveland Heights, a lot of young talent up there. Guys like Malik Smith, who's a senior, going to UNC Asheville. Yao Hill, uh, the talented sophomore point guard. Jalen Harris, the talented junior forward. And uh, that's just a team. They got a lot of pieces. They lost to Dublin Kaufman earlier last week. Um, so what do you think about that one? Does Gahanna, does Gahanna continue to roll, do you think? Yeah, I was really... Um... You know, Gahanna won a, a gut check game on Saturday night or Sunday night, excuse me. Um, you know, they were up, they were up, you know, fairly comfortable in that second half. And Dayton Dunbar, had they knocked down some shots, might have beaten that Gahanna team. But they just, Gahanna was really impressive in the way they fought, um, and the way they, you know, kind of rallied late. Like it felt like, you know, you might want to cover your ears, Gahanna fans, but it kind of reminded me of that Northland game last year, where you know they were up, you know, twelve, thirteen late, and things just, the little things just mattered. The little, there was a turnover here. You know, a pair of missed free throws here, but somehow that Gahanna team just kind of fought and fought and fought, and they finally hung on for a big win against the Dayton Dunbar team that uh, you know has a lot of talent. 
Um, I, I like I like Gahanna in this game because I think Gahanna and uh, Tony Stive they always seem to be trending upward at the right time, and they're gonna you know kind of hit their stride right now. A big game I see a kid having. Obviously, we know Nick Ward's gonna have a big game. He always does. A kid that you know always shows up in these events. Junior Ray, he needs to get some more respect. That kid can play, and I think he's gonna have a big game. Yeah, you know, Junior played really well in that Pick Central game um, a couple weeks ago, getting on the floor for loose balls and just doing the little things to help that Gahanna team win. Um, he always seems to be right there when you need him most. So yeah, I, I I'll definitely take Gahanna in this one. I'll take them by you know, I'll take them by eight. I'm gonna take them seventy to sixty-two. I'm gonna take Gahanna by seventeen. All right. And then last game, uh, Bishop Watterson against Mansfield Man, Mansfield Senior. Uh, Bishop Watterson kind of trending down right now. They've lost two starters uh, to season-ending in- injuries. So the Eagles, uh, you know, they're coming off a tough loss to Hilliard Davidson by fifteen the other night. Um, what do you think about the Eagles in this one? What do you think the chances are like? You know, coming off a loss like that, you know, I was I was thoroughly surprised to get the text from you saying that, you know, Davidson had beat Watterson by 15. I think that Vince Lombardo and his staff are going to have these guys ready to play a game like this. You know, you know Senior High is going to come in. They're going to be a little bit up-tempo, and they're going to they're gonna try and speed the pace up. And that's Mario Young, a guard for Mansfield Senior, as a stud. And he's kind of under the radar Watch out for Mario Young. I don't know if he'll beat Waterson by himself, but that kid, I've seen him dunk on a few people, and he's only about six foot tall. So, you know, and the the, the Ty Tigers, as they like to be called, you know, senior high, they they will play up tempo, and you know, I'm not so sure that this Waterson team right now is in the right um, mindset, but I, I think Vince Lombardi can have them in the right direction. But I still have the Ty Tigers taking this one, and a tight one, fifty nine, fifty seven. I'm taking Mansfield Senior sixty one to. 49. And that is all the matchups we have this weekend um, for the play-by-play classic. It's going to be a good one. We're looking forward to it. Get to Ohio Dominican on Saturday. Get there early. It's going to be going to be packed. Yeah, yeah. For those Saturday matchups, I'm telling you, those are three. You know, we could be looking in March, and this could be three district final games that we're seeing. You know, right away. And I wouldn't. I would not be surprised to see these six teams, and I would not be surprised to see some of these teams. On the Sunday schedule, you know, in the Division One or Division Two, yeah, some of those Division One and Division Two teams, you know, back in it. Uh, this is going to be a great weekend. You know, this is kind of the the over the hump towards right. the end of the year sort of thing. If you remember right, two years ago, this was when uh, Jay Sean Tate had the crazy second half performance when they beat Northland, and he actually popped his shoulder out was on his last game. He ever it was it was last it was his last high school game he ever played when uh, him and Shamar Wall went one, you know, went head went pretty much head to head in that game and. Jay Sean ended up getting the victory. So this is, you know, this is a fun weekend of basketball, and I hope you guys can make it out, brave the snow, however much snow they think we're gonna get, brave the snow and get out there for these, you know, these eight games because this is the last time until the tournament that we're gonna see multiple games this, on one day. I think this weekend's gonna show who the contenders are, and who the pretenders are. You're gonna have to bring your A game uh, yeah. in these matchups, and for a team like Pickerington Central. It can be a barometer for how good they can be in the postseason. We all know they're loaded with talent. Um, it, it, it's just I don't know what it is there, Pickering Central. Last year they, they shouldn't have lost as many games as they did. Um, but it will be great for the Tigers to kind of see where they're at, uh, see who they can compete with against the Westville South team as the odds on, you know, number one is Central Ohio. And, you know, being number one in our power <coughs> for the last eight or nine weeks, however long it's been, uh, who knows? There might be a change on Sunday morning. You know, in Pick Central, you know the team that I think is trending now in the right direction. Even in with that Gahanna loss and with that loss to uh, Advanced Prep, I was really impressed with the way they played in both of those games. 
especially that advanced prep game. You know, like I said, advanced prep just had probably just too much talent. I mean, any team in Central High. Well, not that good. <laughs> you know, they're just going to, a lot of teams are going to have trouble with them. And they just kind of flipped on the switch, but I give credit to Pick Central for really fighting, all, you know, fighting through that and almost pulling off a huge, huge upset. Uh, so, yeah, tune into that. Uh, we're really excited. You know, it's going to be a great weekend of basketball in Central Ohio. Uh, once again, we thank you for joining us on the Around 270 Hoops podcast. It's crazy how this podcast turned into a full-fledged website. Um, but we love, you know, the support we're receiving from everyone in the area. You know, continue to keep reading and commenting. And, you know, if you think we rank this kid too low, let us know. You know, who knows? It might, it might affect his ranking. Probably won't, but who knows? Um, so just thank you guys for tuning in, being supportive. Uh, Columbus is the city, and we're looking forward to bringing you guys another excellent weekend of coverage. Yeah, make sure you guys you know, are following us on Twitter, liking us on Facebook, and subscribing to us on the uh, YouTube channel. Like us on 270 Hoops, at 270 Hoops on Twitter. Instagram's the same thing. YouTube.com, type in 270 Hoops, subscribe if you haven't. You need to be subscribed. We're putting some really fire you know, mixtapes out. Seth Talent's dropping 40. That's on the channel right now. Uh, check that out. And once again, thank you for subscribing. And, you know, when you listen to 270 Hoops, you stay in the loop.